0: the privilege to be in the house of God. And what what an honor to have my pastor and the bishop over my life here in service today. For the Kilgore, it is more than an honor. And not only that, I know that he has a word from God for us today. And I want us to receive it. And I want you to get on your Toes and edge of your seat And open your heart and say God I want you to speak to me this morning Would you do that right now Brother Kilgore would you come Thank you very very much God bless all of you The only, only benefit about being 85, someone will help you up the steps and open the door. And every time someone opens the door for me, I say, when you're 85, somebody will open the door for you. (laughs) I can't tell you how happy I am to get to be with you this morning. I've enjoyed the presence of the Lord. I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad the Lord loves all of us. Amen. 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 And I deeply, deeply appreciate your good pastor and his sweet little wife. I knew her before you did. And uh, she was always a model Christian, an example for young people in our church. Talking about you. And your good pastor, I couldn't ask for a young preacher that I appreciate any more than Brother uh, Mark Hughes. He was he had a servitude attitude, always ready to serve, and uh, that servant spirit has come over him to his pastoral ministry. And uh, you are blessed to the Lord to have a pastor like Brother Mark Hughes. Amen. God bless all of you. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. And I, uh, I do feel that I have come to you with a message from the Lord I don't want it to be just a sermon I've preached a lot of sermons and then the Lord has let me preach a few messages and if I could be as calm and collected as that beautiful little girl Peyton was that her name and someday receive a crown like she's wearing (laughs) she's got it made but I thank the Lord that I have the privilege of being with all of you. And I i really feel, first of all, I came today because your good pastor, my son in the gospel, asked me to come. I always enjoy being with him. It's refreshing. I don't come with any sense or feeling that I could preach nearly as good as he can, because when I see some of you, you say, you should have heard my pastor preach Sunday. And uh, I know that he's a student of the word. He searches and researches, always comes to this pulpit trying to give you something that will strengthen your life. And... uh, That's what I'm here for today, not just by invitation, but I feel that I'm here in the will of God, and I like that feeling, and uh, so I'll do my best to do my best, and trust that the Lord Jesus will visit us with his wonderful presence. After all, without him, we could do nothing. And uh, we've got a long ways to go to be like our Lord, but we're not going to stop. And I appreciate the fact that you are hanging in here. I have a request of you. Just as I have tried to feel the pain that your pastor has had in his body and the discomfort, and I, I know he's facing a serious surgery, I'm going to ask you to join with me every day. I have a good talk with Jesus every morning, and I remember him when I pray. I'm going to ask you to spend a little time every morning, not just once in a while, every morning calling your pastor's name and uh, helping him carry the burden. He's carried you in other ways, so let's carry him. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, I don't want to say if the Lord. I just want to say he's facing a serious surgery if, if we don't touch God. And I still believe that our God performs miracles. Amen. Praise the Lord. So in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 13, Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory for this cause. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, and everybody say me, that he would grant me according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, now, here's my main thought, verse 18. May, may be able to comprehend, if we could just really understand, what all, what with all saints, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Brother Harvey Vickery, you don't know how happy I always am to see you. He told me one time, I told him there was a warehouse-looking building that looked like it was for rent way out, Pasadena area. And he said, when I see something like that, I feel like it would be a good church. He said, if you get it, I'll help you fill it up. And he has helped me through the years. Nobody has strengthened this pastor any more than your pastor's father-in-law. Thank you, Brother Vickery, for being Brother Faithful. So we're all here in the will of God. It's not by accident you're here. I'm here in the will of God. I felt the Lord of glory, touched my heart. I had planned to preach this message, but I didn't have the inspiration that I needed. But when I went to the Lord in prayer, God spoke to my heart, and if it doesn't do anybody good but me, I pray that the Lord will... Help me to be a blessing today. That's what he called me, to be a blessing. Amen. And I uh, just uh, really appreciate the call of God. And it's been 60 years plus that I have been in the ministry and 55 years as pastor of one church, seven years before this church, and uh, I deeply appreciate all that the Lord has allowed me to be a part of all these years, and I wore a tie today that says wisdom, knowledge, understanding, Proverbs 2 and 6. I thought about giving it to your pastor, and then I thought, no, you probably need it more than anybody, knowledge. Yes, I don't have it. I don't know everything. Wisdom, my years of experience has given me a lot of wisdom, but I still need more. Understanding, I pray every day, Lord, give me the understanding that I need to help your people. And lead me this very day to someone that needs help, needs the gospel, because that's what it's all about. I always say, Lord, I don't ask you for one thing for myself. I don't want anything, but I want you, and I want to help others. And uh, so that's I'm trying to pray an unselfish prayer, and I feel like if we would make it a practice, that the Lord will certainly help us. I may have told you the last time I was here that uh, I was drinking coffee one day at Starbucks, sitting outside, and Charlotte, one of the young ladies that I won to the Lord a year ago last Father's Day, it started with me asking her if she had anything she'd like for me to pray about. I made friends with everybody, but I would not preach to them. I didn't ask any of them to church i just tried to let them see what i wanted them to be so i tried to conduct myself in such a way so just before father's day last year first of all she said pray for my father he's in the penitentiary and she's big tears begin to roll down her cheeks i said i will So just before Father's Day, she said, Papa K, that's when I walk in, the whole bunch, Papa K. One little boy, he calls me Papa Cake. I said, I promise you I'm not that sweet. (laughs) But uh, she said, Papa K, I'm going to church with you on Father's Day. You're like a father. And I feel like you're the kind of Christian that I'd like to be. And I told her, you know, I'm not the Christian that I want to be. But she came that Sunday and she walked down and was weeping in the presence of God. Someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, your friend from Starbucks is praying. I went over to her and uh, she was really weeping and We prayed for her, and God did something for her. She came one year, Father's Day, never missed one service, never missed one prayer meeting, and brought 13 people to the Lord in one year. You think about a young lady Able to influence 13 people, they went down in the water in the name of Jesus. And there are some of you beautiful young lady, ladies here, you have that ability. Your beauty, first of all, and then everybody's seeing Jesus in you. So I'm not here just to preach to you, I'm here to challenge you in this message. And I know that God has laid his hand on all of you. You might have the feeling, I can't do anything. Did you know the Bible tells us that the Lord gave every one of us a measure of faith? So don't say, I can't do anything. God has already given you faith. Not as much as you want. Maybe not as much as you feel you need. But use what God has given you and go a step further. And, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you about digging deeper, climbing higher, and reaching further today. Uh, this church has fought a lot of battles. You've had some great victories. You've had some disappointments like ever every pastor has had. But you're in here today. We don't worry about those that are not here. But we're concerned that the Lord would give us something. And so I'm challenging you with this thought from the Word of God. And I, uh, I know that I have not reached it yet, but I know one thing. I'm still climbing. Yes. Yes. I can't climb like I used to, but I'm still climbing. And I want to go until I breathe that last breath and I have prayed, Lord, I'm going to work for you if I have to crawl on my hands and knees. I've got my mind. I've had my mind made up. And young preachers say, how do you keep going all these years? I said, there are three driving forces in my life, a vision, a burden, and passion. I live with that every day. And everybody has asked me, when are you going to retire? You need to retire. I said, don't retire, refire. And uh, so I said, uh, you know, everybody but my children have asked me, when are you going to retire? And they have been asked, and they say, we are never going to say that to our dad because we lived with him and lived with his vision and his burden and passion. And when it comes time, he'll know when. And so I appreciated my children saying that. And uh, I'm, I'm still climbing. And went to Switzerland one time, and we were privileged to go to Germany to dedicate the first church, uh, Pentecostal church in Germany. And uh, it was established by a son in the gospel, Jim Green, and he's gone on to be with the Lord. But we made our way over there, had a great time, and then he wanted to uh, take a few days and travel with us and show us some things. And we went into Switzerland, and uh, we, we, we went to the highest mountain in all of Europe, And we started, we went up uh, the tram up about halfway. And then there was a restaurant, a large restaurant, and they call it the halfway house. And uh, they explained to us that people come and are challenged to climb that big mountain. But when they get halfway, they decide it wasn't worth it. They wouldn't go any further. And uh, so that's why we have a place they can stop and eat and relax. But a a few, maybe one out of 10,000, will just keep climbing. I feel that spirit in my heart today. Some of you have gone halfway. Some of you have gone halfway in this church. And I hope that I could challenge you enough to make you feel like, hey, I'm going to get out there, do something for God, strengthen my own heart, and go 100% of the way. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, that's the way I feel today. I read uh, a story In the paper a while back, a young man was climbing a big mountain and uh, he got way up there and he slipped and his arm was wedged between two great stones and he could not get it out. Everything that he did, he tried crying out loud as loud as he could. That didn't do any good. Finally, finally, He reached in his pocket and got his pocket knife. And he began to cut away just above that wedge, through that skin, muscles, sinews, flesh. And uh, at times he said he thought he was going to pass out, but he, uh, he just kept cutting away until he was able to turn loose. There are a lot of things that can hold you from climbing like you need to. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. Refuse to be defeated. Amen. The enemy of our soul would like to get the best of us. And he rejoices when he can cause one of the saints of God to fall. Micah seven and eight has been a great scripture for me because even your pastors ask me at times how did you go through situations and and keep your head up and keep going? You know the writer said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Hallelujah. When I fall I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord's going to be a light around me. Amen. And I've, you know, I went through the severe, most uh, severe testing and trial that I ever went through a few years ago. And I found myself midnight hours crying and praying and everybody would be asleep. And one night I was laying on the floor and had wept and cried and... Uh, then the Lord spoke that scripture to my heart and let me know that my enemy had gotten me flat on my back and was laughing and rejoicing. So when I quoted that to the Lord, I felt a great inspiration and I felt a load lift. And I said, talk to the devil. I said, Lord, I've been talking to you, but you said in your word that, You didn't want the enemy to rejoice against me. So I said, devil, you have been laughing at me. You have been rejoicing at me. Now I'm going to rejoice without you. And you have laughed, but you're not going to laugh last. I'm going to get up off this floor, going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to fight you like I've never fought you before. And God gave me a victory. Amen. I'm talking to somebody here today. You have wrestled with something. You've fought against something. Talk to the devil. You've talked to me long enough. I'm gonna to talk to you. If you think I'm gonna fail, you gotta you got another thing coming. I'm still climbing. I'm climbing higher. I'm not satisfied. I will not stop halfway. Amen. I'm going to go 100% of the way. And so I want you to know that I'm still climbing today. I still need wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I don't have it made yet. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to quit. There's a driving force that keeps me climbing. Amen. Praise God. And i tell you what, we better dig deeper these last days. All the pressures, trials, and troubles, we better dig deeper than we've ever had before. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man that's going to build a house. To get the foundation, he digs deep until he finds a rock, and then he lays the foundation. That rock is Christ Jesus, so just keep digging. When you strike that rock, the sparks are going to fly, and you're going to know you're in the will of God. Amen. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't give in. Just keep digging on. Amen. Praise God. This church has had victories, but you haven't seen the victories that God's going to give you. You say a lot of times, I hope it happens, or if it happens, I'm saying here this morning, it's going to happen. Thank you for that one hand that I saw raised. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Two hands. Thank you for those two hands back there, honey. Thank you. Oh, my, I believe it. I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. First of all, because this church is in the will of God, it's on the rock. Somebody has been digging deep, and they struck the rock, and they laid the foundation, and that foundation is sure. Praise God. Oh, my, 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 my. We're building on the foundation, the Bible said, of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. I stand here knowing that you are in the will of God because you love the truth. Amen. We love the truth. I stand here in the will of God to challenge you to make sure that you know for sure that you are in the will of God. Amen. And so you're here today. You may be a little down and out. You may have gone through something. You feel defeated or discouraged. But, you know, you'll overcome that. If you keep digging and keep climbing, let me tell you that there are victories you've never had. There are messages you've never heard. There is experiences that you've never experienced. The best is yet to come. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe it or I wouldn't say it. Praise God. Amen. Pastor, my first church, I pastored. I was 24, my young wife was 19, and we were so happy to be together, and I had been pastoring that little church that my father had started, and I was just happy to be in what I felt was the will of God and and uh, married to the love of my life, and she's been gone 12 years. Every day, these 12 years, I've suffered a little And uh, she was right by my side. She often, often would feel discouraged. Said, honey, when I hear you preach and I feel that a song that could be sung would have been a a good end of your message, I wish that I could go to the piano and play and sing for you. I said, honey, I didn't play you because you could I didn't marry you because you could play or sing. I I married you because of love and because you're the most beautiful woman that ever lived. And I never one time had to say, get up, honey, and sing. We got along good. I'll tell you, we had a wonderful time, and that's why when you've had the best, there's no room for the rest. Thank the Lord. So I'm just telling you, folks, don't get down and out. Don't feel defeated. Don't be discouraged. Just keep holding on. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher than I, for he has been a refuge for me. Ooh, Praise God. So in Paris, Texas, I had to pray that prayer of David many times because there was, believe it or not, there was three people in that church that never would accept me as their pastor and they were determined that they were going to defeat me. And when the report was given, the first year averaged 26 in Sunday school, I was discouraged a bit. But they came to me and said, well, uh, Pastor Kilgore, we discovered that this church is not in the will of God, only average 26. And so we think we ought to sell this building. And there's another Pentecostal church about 10 miles away. We could all go there. That was their way of saying, if we can't get you to leave any other way, we'll sell the church. So I accepted it as a challenge. Seven years. Every time I preached, they were against me. I had to overcome that before I could really preach my message but through it all because i prayed about two hours a day just that god would help me to overcome everything and preach what he wanted me to preach and so the church began to grow and uh, when i left there seven years later we averaged 177 per sunday and amen that was because I was able to go to that rock that is higher than I. You can't do it with talent or ability, but you do it by reaching and climbing and digging. Hallelujah. I, I challenge this church to reach a little farther than you ever have before. And uh, that's the growth of Life Tabernacle, Market and Rouse, and on Broadway, Brother Vickery, we kept growing. We had to enlarge our church there to seat twice as many. We moved in our gymnasium, and uh, Karen remembers. Y'all remember. And uh, we kept building. It took almost a year to stretch the building, to be twice that big. But in the meantime, we had a hundred people receive the Holy Ghost in the gymnasium. So when we marched in that church on that Sunday, the church was as full as it was when we started remodeling. So we were reaching further. I challenge you to reach as far as you can. Stretch yourself. We can, we can uh, be so closed up. and Our bodies are weak and weary. And the doctor told me the only way you're going to get the weakness out of your legs that I could think of was to walk. And it's still hard after a year. I get on the walking track and I stumble along, but I walk. I haven't seen results yet, but I'm still stretching my legs. You've got to go further by stretching yourself. And you know the funniest thing: when when I was growing up, my younger brother began to uh, pass me up, three years younger, and he began to get taller than me, and eventually he was six foot one, and here I am, four feet, ten and a half inches tall, and weigh 92 pounds. Came time, 18 years old, to get registered for the Army, and the secretary said, Sonny boy, you go home and bring a birth certificate or bring your daddy with you. No one will ever believe that you're old enough to register for the army. There I was, short. I won't tell you the whole story, <laughs> but I uh, appreciated. I'd been shaving two years, and both times I'd cut myself. But <laughs> she, she said, "Bring your dad, or bring a birth certificate." So dad went with me. And he looked at that secretary and kind of over the top of his glasses said, I don't know what happened to James. And then he said, but he has good sense. I said, thanks a lot, Dad. But I was in Bible college and two of my roommates weighed about 250 pounds each. So one of them got a wise idea, a smart idea, the wrong idea. They wanted me to get on my bed and and reach my hands back to the bedstead and hold on real tight. One 250-pound boy got on one foot, the other. They started stretching me. We're determined we're going to help you grow. We've prayed, and it hasn't done any good, so we're going to help the Lord out. <laughs> and finally... It went so bad I said calf rope. Now that word was in my generation. That said far enough. Don't go any further. And uh, thank the Lord uh, when the doctor told me it was because I had a hole in my heart and I never was able to sleep on my back all those years. Uh, My heart would get out of rhythm and I'd have to get up, set up, and My sweet little mother would set up with me a lot of times. But when I went home and I told them I'll never fit the doctor's name, Dr. P.G. Murray said, Young man, you've got leakage of the heart and you have got to slow down everything in your life. If you overexert yourself, you'll drop dead. When I didn't know what was wrong with me, but... Uh, when I heard that, I went home and told my father and mother and the student body. And, uh, you know, the, the night before I was going to be examined, uh, they took oral request. Anybody over here have a request for prayer? I stood up and said, pray for me. I'm going to be examined for the Army tomorrow. And they all started laughing. It hurt my feelings. They couldn't see a little fella like me in the Army. But when my little mother heard about it, she started praying. That same year, I grew a little over six inches. And then from 92 pounds, I kept putting weight on. I stand here eight, uh, six Five foot ten and a half inch, half an inch tall, and I weigh, Amen. (laughs) But you know, I thought many times, they the doctors say stretching exercises will do a lot of things for you. I thought, dear Lord, help me to stretch myself a little more I haven't done enough I prayed that this morning Lord help me to go a little further and I was reminded right away when Jesus went to Gethsemane to pay the price for our souls the Bible said that eight of the disciples stayed at the gate three of them went inside but the Bible said Jesus went a little further. I'm challenged by that. I want you to feel like you don't have it made yet. I've got to reach out a little further. Yes. Yes. You've got a neighbor. Praise God. Praise God. God gave me wonderful neighbors, and I've been able to uh, get two of the families uh, in the church, and another family is going to Brother Espinoza's church. But the family across the street, I just kept visiting them, and every time I would see them, we were extra friendly. And, and uh, finally, one day, she said, Pastor, my husband and I want to go to church with you. And I was... A little surprised, but I was not shocked because I felt like they were getting closer, and I kept reaching, and they didn't see me reaching because I was doing it from my heart, and uh, she loves me enough that if if I would happen to stumble and fall, she would come and pick me up. That's the kind of friends, neighbors that I have, and I'm so thankful. And so she said, Pastor, we're going to go to church with you Sunday. And here they are in the altar praying. And uh, I thought of the many times that I stretched myself to go a little further. You are here today because our wonderful Lord and Savior was willing to go a little further. And he paid a price for our soul. Why are you sweating drops of blood, Master? Because I want to save you. And I'm going a little further. Seven dimensions of blood. First was the crown of thorns. And then they plucked his beard. And then they beat him. His face was a bloody pulp. They jerked the beard from his tender cheeks. And then the blood flowed when they began to nail his hands and feet. And when his side was pierced but the main thing, he went a little further. They beat him with stripes. The Bible said by his stripes we are healed. And they had little uh, they had a whip that had seven little uh, uh, long uh, uh, pieces of leather that had little pieces of metal that was implanted in those uh, thongs. Those little uh, uh, that whole whip, so that when they would beat someone, little pieces of flesh would jerk out, and they wrapped it around their heads while they're beating at times and it would hit an eyeball and jerk an eyeball out. That's the cruelty that our master went through. Now, you may sit here today and be unconcerned about it. So what? But I want you to know you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And don't just take it for granted. Thank God every day. Thank God this day. Somebody was beaten, and by his stripes, we are healed. I'm stretching myself this morning. I want to go a little further. I haven't gone far enough. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes a moment. I'm asking you that are not satisfied with what you have done, and you feel, I must go a little further before I meet Jesus, would you be willing to stand to your feet? I'm challenging you here this morning. I want to go a little further. Thank you. Thank you. I can feel the Lord dealing with my heart. I trust and pray pray that I have been able to transmit that burden to your heart. I haven't done enough for Jesus. Every day when I pray, I sing the little song. I wonder if I've done my best for Jesus, the one who died upon the tree. I wonder, have I given my all to Jesus when he has given so much to me? How many are the lost that I have lifted? How many are the chained I've helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me. I haven't done my best. I still have a long ways to go. God called me as a minister to go a little farther than you, and I'm reaching for that. How many of your family is unsaved? Are you willing to stretch yourself to pull them out of the flames of hell Are you? I'm challenging you here this morning. Will you dig a little deeper? Will you climb a little higher? Will you reach a little further? Let's stretch ourselves a little this morning by coming around the front and saying, Dear Jesus, I don't have it made yet, so I'm going to. A little further. I'm gonna stand here in behalf of my family, my friends, ones. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, young people. Don't be ashamed of those tears. The Lord loves the tears that you shed. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord's trying to break through to us here this morning. Open open your heart as wide as you can. And let's go a little further.